Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series. Coming to you from the Beastquake Conference Room, our favorite spot here on campus. DJ Bucky here, Move the Sticks. What's up, Buck? What's going on, man? Crazy day with the trade deadline. It almost feels like baseball. Oh, it's awesome. This is the way it should be. The only thing I would say is that uh, Adam Rank had a great idea. I retweeted him because he said, I'm not a, I watched wrestling when I was a kid. I don't really watch it as an adult. I Sorry to say for any wrestling fans out there, it's not my deal. But he said they should not announce these trades. They should just have their own walkout music, and all of a sudden they, they just do they announce, just show announce up? a starting lineup in Philadelphia, and it's like, and starting at running back. <laughs> Jay! And then the whole fans, they go crazy. It's, it's a brilliant <laughs> PR marketing move right there. Keep I mean, it on the DL. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable, like, the amount of trades that we've seen. It's, it's, it's really Beth, a changing Beathard time. takes, like, three steps out of the field buck, then they hook him and pull him back, and all of a sudden <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo comes jaunting onto the field. It's the uh, mysterious tag team. Yes. That is. What would be is, your uh, walkout music if you were traded? Oh, my walkout music? Yep. Oh, man. Oh, no, it's Daniel Jeremiah music. Oh, wow. Well, Hmm, that's Man, a good one. If I had just left the Dolphins with all the mess that they've been through, I probably would just go with Happy by Pharrell. Ooh. I mean, they can't run. I mean, you got, no. they've been, they haven't been good up front. Your offensive line coach, that whole thing took And place. now you're on a legitimate you Super last, Bowl contender. Yeah, now you're on a 7-1 team. It's got a chance to have home field advantage, and you get in the weather in the postseason, you're going to probably get a chance to – to chew up some yards here. Jimmy G. Let's jump into this. Let's go to Garoppolo first, though, Buck. That's the big one. Jimmy Garoppolo goes from the New England Patriots for a second-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers, which it's going to end up, let's be honest, probably being a top 35 pick. So it's going to be darn near close to a first-rounder what they end up getting here. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big-time move for the 49ers. And when you think about all the conversation that was surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, we were led to believe that he would probably pull back a first-round pick if he had been jettisoned in the offseason, they get him for a second-round pick. And if you're the San Francisco 49ers, the conversation that you had internally was, what is Jimmy Garoppolo right now? 
where will he be in three to four years versus what is available in a 2018 draft class? Whichever quarterbacks that come out, are there multiple guys that you feel good enough about to build around and forego the opportunity to get a vet who's been pretty good? Like I'm looking at his numbers, 94 career attempts, passer rating 106. Two starts, completed over 71% of his passes, four to zero touchdown interception ratio, and in those two starts, a 119 passer rating. I mean, you're talking about coming out the gate rolling. He does only have two starts on his belt, so he's still, I won't say a glorified rookie, but he's a guy that hasn't played. However, he has been very, very impressive in preseason and regular season play when he's had his opportunities. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think if he goes anywhere else, you can see this long list of quarterbacks that have left the Patriots that have had some success in limited duty. Outside of Matt Castle, really none of them have done anything when they've left there. But he's going to one of the best play callers in the NFL in Kyle Shanahan. We saw what he could do last year with Matt Ryan. I think Jimmy's skill set fits that offense very well with what he wants to do. I do think you bring up an interesting point about this, you know, having something to do with their evaluation of the 2018 quarterback class. Without question, that has to be a factor here. And one thing we don't know is maybe they had one that they really liked and maybe, you know, I don't know, is are all of them going to come out? Would we be able to get that one? And what if picking two or three, we might miss yes. out on that opportunity? So it might be a situation where we say Jimmy Garoppolo is a eight, but it's a bird in the hand eight. We know we get it. It's right. done. I, I put my head on the pillow. I sleep good at night. Whereas maybe I view some of these other guys, maybe one or two of them are a nine or, you know, maybe you think they could be a little bit of an upgrade there, but there's no guarantee that nope. you're going to get them. No guarantee you get him, and you're starting from scratch in terms of a pure rookie. And for Cal Shanahan, how comfortable is he dealing with that in a rebuild process? Does he want to go through the rookie growing pains that we normally see with first-year starters who come out of the gate and they have to transition and acclimate to the pro game? He felt better about having Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. It's really an eight-game trial. I'm sure, though. You make that deal oh, he's your guy. With, with, with the intent that he's going to be a long-term play because you just can't give up a second-round pick for someone that's an eight-game eight run. It's not baseball. It's almost, though, when I'm looking at this whole situation with all the quarterback options that the Niners had, which they had several, it's like that show Let's Make a Deal yep. right? where they kind of show you the option. To me, Kirk Cousins was the option that, that you see. That, he, that curtain's already been lifted. I know exactly what he is. Now, we could debate – you know, I don't know where you are on Kirk Cousins. I think top 12. I think most people would gen- would generally agree top 14 in that mix. He has to be in the top half of the league. You, you know what you're done. getting. You know exactly. And even though he costs more, he's going to cost a lot more than, than the other options. Now they have to pay Garoppolo a, a nice chunk. Yep. But Cousins was the most expensive, but you knew exactly what you were buying. Jimmy Garoppolo, I got, we got to see They raised the curtain up like a couple feet. But you still can't see that whole package of what that looks like. And then the draftable guys, that's that curtain's closed. You have no idea what you that's going to You have no idea. Like. And, and, and maybe at the end of the day, it does come down to that conversation between Jimmy Garoppolo versus Kirk Cousins and weighing the value of it. Is it better to pay Kirk Cousins $30-plus million or maybe getting Jimmy Garoppolo at $20 million? Yeah. Um, the $10 million difference allows us to go and do other things, but how differently do we feel about their abilities as players if they're comparable then you take the cheaper option because you're able to do more things with the squad i think though there there's kind of that 10 million dollar gamble right there because oh there is i mean because you might think kirk cousins is a 20 million dollar quarterback but you got to pay him 30 with garoppolo you got to pay him 20 but you don't know exactly and, what and, you're and, getting. and that is the other thing too i think that's some of the stuff that has been lost in this deal uh we're assuming that jimmy garoppolo that we saw in new england is going to be the same one that we saw 
and San Francisco. And when you look at the records of all the guys that have played, the Patriots quarterbacks that have gone on, Brissett, 2-5, Hoyer, 16-21, and 21, Cassell, 26-40, Drew Blessow was the best one at 35-35. and 35. When they get out of that comfort zone of being in New England and all the things that are around, Bill Belichick, the defense, the style of play, how they win games in a situational football sense, we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo can kind of handle all of that on his own. Here's the other interesting thing, though, is if you are the Niners – you're all chips in on Garoppolo, and you got to keep this in mind. For some reason, they've kind of escaped that criticism for passing on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I mean, Solomon Thomas is a great player, but if you need a quarterback yeah. and the way that Watson has played, they haven't really caught the same uh, nope. stuff that the Browns have caught. So you've got that out there. Now let's say, I don't know, we know who the guys are in this 2018 class that could potentially enter into it. Say, Let's just say all three of them come out. Yep. All three of the underclassmen who have been up and down this year, well-documented, but extremely talented. Let's say all three of those kids come out and they end up being Pro Bowl caliber players, big-time guys. Deshaun Watson ends up being a big-time guy. And then Jimmy Garoppolo ends up being a good player. It's going to look bad because you I mean, had an opportunity I mean, to get a lot of these dudes now. Well, I mean, that, and, and that's the thing. And I think, you know, like hindsight is twenty twenty. When people look back in a couple of years, we have to understand they need to kind of bookmark some of these pages that all of us on our side have been talking about. Jimmy Garoppolo, you had to go do it. He's a franchise quarterback because that is a conversation that may have an influence on why they make that move. But you're right. If the 2018 quarterback class turns out to be one that's dotted with a couple of Pro Bowl quarterbacks, yeah, they'll get criticism for not doing it if Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a guy that plays at a high level or – they're not able to win games with him as their quarterback. I know Browns fans are upset that they did not get in on this action because Jimmy Garoppolo was well thought of there. But I, th- I think Chris Mortensen even had tweeted out, you can't get upset with the Browns here. Uh, they, this was not going to happen for them. And you can go into a whole list of reasons. I had somebody in the league that told me, you know, hey, this might be a situation where Bill Belichick, I know everybody's, you know, look, I know yep. that, that, that is not the same regime that fired him many years ago, but they were just saying, I just don't think. Oh, I'm think, definitely not going to help you. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything. And they were, oh, they traded Jamie Collins. Look, no, Jamie Collins, that seemed more like a, hey, if you don't start getting in line, we're going to send you to Cleveland. <laughs> and that's what they did. I don't think they felt like Go they were gift room. wrapping uh, a legitimacy to, to a franchise by sending Jamie Collins there, uh, nor did they think the Mingo thing was any big deal. You, you send a quarterback to a city that hasn't had one in 20-plus years, you can kind of change their fortune. So, I, look, maybe it's not – maybe Bill Belichick's a bigger man and he holds no grudges. God bless him. But there were people in the league that had mentioned that to me. Like, I just don't see him gift-wrapping a quarterback no, to I'm Cleveland. Not, I'm not going to help them out, especially the way that it ended for him. Um, and I know business is business, but sometimes things are still personal. And so, maybe I laugh about that though. The people that say, "Well, it's not the same regime; it's not even the same franchise." It's always no, no, no. I, we've personal. all got buddies that have been let go by by places, and they still have issues with them. And even though the owners change, the GMs change, whatever, they just don't they don't care for that. So, anyways, that's that's that is what it is. I just think not going to trade him inside the division, and probably with Don Yee being the agent that represents both Brady and with Garoppolo. Hey man, thanks for doing us a solid on all these Brady contracts forever. So let's uh, let we'll go ahead and give you one here. Where would you like to go? They had to trade him now because if not, you get a comp pick, which it, at the most is going to be a three, which is going to be a late three at the end of the round. And now you're looking at getting the thirty third to thirty fifth pick in the draft. I mean, this was the most value they could get right now. I mean, I think it's tremendous value. Now it's a matter of 
making sure you parlay that pick into a really, really good player, whether you trade it off like they're prone to do or you select somebody who's a first-round talent that comes in and contributes. At some point when we look at this Patriots roster, they have to begin to build internally. They can't always just siphon off other people's vets. They have to be able to get enough homegrown products that allow them to continue to sustain this level of success. Last little thing on this Garoppolo thing. If you were going to say Cousins now, I think re-signing with Washington looks like a more attractive offer to me. Yep. But the other options that will be out there, if we take the Rams with the way Jared Goff's playing, even though he has a relationship with McVay, take them out. Now you take the Niners out with Garoppolo. What teams jump out to you that could be still in that mix for for Cousins if he decides, or if the Redskins decide to let him hit the market? Well, I mean, I think the teams that you think about are the the perennial teams that are looking for a quarterback. The Jets and Cleveland obviously will be looking for it. But I think the teams that would be good plays where I could see him leaning towards, we've talked about it off air, Jacksonville will be a nice spot because they have a defense that is ready to go. They have playmakers on the outside. They have a strong running game, which will actually help Kurt really attack defenses, seeing one-on-one coverage on the outside. Jacksonville will probably be the perfect landing spot. And if I'm Kurt Cousins, I'm thinking about the state of Florida, no state tax. Hey, a little extra cash. A little extra cash. The other big trade that went down, uh, this one came down early this morning. And a little bit of a shocker, I think, to, to folks around the league. Miami Dolphins, Adam Gase was not happy with the way they were performing offensively. They're putrid, and everybody said he wanted to send a message, and the way he did that is he took a guy that was one of the best runners in the league last year and Jay Ajayi and shipped him out for only a fourth-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, I, I, that was a bit of a shocker, and it's a bit of a shocker because when you look at what Jay Ajayi was coming off of, last season he was a guy who was a Pro Bowl runner. In the past two years, he has over 1,700 rushing yards. He's fifth most in that span, he is a guy that continues to be able to slam it up inside. He has some talent. He's a guy that looks like a workhorse running back. For whatever reason, it didn't necessarily work out as well this year in Miami, but I still think it's hard to jettison someone that has been that productive for you over the past two years. Speaks volumes about the discord that is going on in that Miami Dolphins locker room that you felt like you had to move on. Yeah, and look, we don't know. There was some, the reason he fell a little bit in the draft. He was a great player at Boise State. People concerned about the knees. So I know he's had, has, according to reports, has had some issues being a little bit limited in practice because of that. So maybe that factored into it a little bit for the Dolphins. Uh, but they could not run the ball this year. Now he goes to Philadelphia, and this is going to, I think it's, you know, for a 25 year old guy, it's going to revitalize him a little bit still. Obviously, very young. But to be in this offense on a winning football team, and people have asked how he's going to fit with LeGarrette Blunt. They've been a committee. Uh, team. I mean, they've been running three backs yeah. through there. So somebody, you know, if it's Smallwood or if it's Clement, somebody's going to lose out on that number three spot. But I still think you're going to see them roll these backs, keep them fresh, just like they're doing with their defensive line with those waves of, of defensive linemen. They're going to do it with the running backs. You know, and I, th- I think that's interesting. And I would love to get back to that point where we talk about like the front line and the waves of people, how that's a game changer, how we're seeing more people take that model. But you're right, the running game, the back by committee. If you think about West Coast offenses for years, it's always been about packages. And I know there's been some conversation about LeGarrette Blunt. What does this mean for him? But this is a situation where both guys can get on the field and have viable roles. I just think that what you do is you look at what each does well and you put them in a package that allows them to do that. LeGarrette Blunt has shown that he can be the closer. He can finish out games. He's averaging over four like 4.7 yards per carry. After contact, he still remains a productive player. But I think I think you put this out in a tweet. This is about the postseason and making them weatherproof. Yep. They can line up anywhere. They can hit you a bunch of different ways. They can run it at you. They have a quarterback that can throw it over your head. 
this is a team that is seeking to eliminate the weaknesses that they have, and I think they've done a pretty good job of doing that. And I think they, you know, look, obviously they have a need at left tackle with the injury yes. to Jason Peters. I just think the price for somebody like a Joe Staley or, you know, who's a, coming off an injury against the Eagles, ironically. But to go get somebody like that, I would think the price tag is going to be way too high. And you have to remember the Eagles, without a second-round pick, without a third-round pick, they did have three fours. Now they have two after trading one here. So not a ton of picks. But I think when you look at the way the NFC is set up right now, Buck, this Ezekiel Elliott suspension, yeah, that might wipe the Cowboys out. Might wipe them out of the playoff contention. So you take an elite team away there. You look at the Atlanta Falcons, last year's representative of the Super Bowl, scuffling offensively. Can't, Struggling. Can't find their way. Then you look at, okay, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? He happens to reside in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers, he's got he's, he's got out. injury. He's out. So it's kind of lining up for the Eagles. Say, is- hey, all, all chips in, man. It, it, you don't get opportunities like this very often. This could be your year. Just go for it. And what did it really cost him? Like, when we really look at the composition of rosters, as much as we come from the scouting background and we love picks and we hold on to those things as currency, really the league is a league full of first- and second-round players. It's really a league full of first-round players. So you have to make sure you hit on those. If you hit in those lower rounds, if you hit on someone in the fourth round or lower, that's gravy, but you're trying to get it right at the beginning. And so as we talk about the Eagles going all-in to make sure that they take advantage of maybe – a vulnerable NFC, they are able to go all in while still remaining players because their core players are young. They still have enough draft capital to continue to build around their star quarterback. What is the downside to making a move like this? No question. And I've mentioned it before with the Eagles, reinforcements coming in the secondary. Ronald Darby comes back healthy. Maybe you get Sidney Jones back, the talented rookie who tore his Achilles his pro day last year. Jalen Mills starting to come around, play pretty good football for them. We know where they are up front. They, now you've got another back. I'm just saying, if the Eagles can stay healthy, Bucky, this could be – I mean, can you imagine what that city would do if they won a Super Bowl? Man, it would be unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. It would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. I mean, you talk about the – man, you talking about – he might get a statue right beside Rocky. <laughs> Carson Wentz might – he might have a statue right downtown, right beside Rocky, if he if he's able to pull this off. Yeah. So uh, look, bold little. You know, I say bold move. It's just it's a big name and it's a, it's a nice addition. But you you hit it. At what was the cost? I don't know if I could say bold if it didn't really cost you that much. The cost fourth fourth round pick. Yeah. No big deal. All right, Buck. The uh, Monday night game. We usually start off recapping the Monday night game, but this this trade stuff was too juicy. We had to jump right into that. Uh, we will get to some college stuff in a minute as well. What was your take on that game last night? It looks like Simeon could be out of a job. You know, what would you think? You know, I think there's so many different ways to work. I mean, quietly, the Kansas City Chiefs are just humming along, 6-2, and two, putting themselves in a nice position to be uh, one, two seed, which yeah. would give them an opportunity to get to the championship game. Alex Smith continues to play well. I thought the most interesting thing was Tyreek Hill had an interception. That is their first interception of the How year. How about that from Tyreek Hill? How crazy is that? Quarterback had to throw one. They haven't thrown. And then they put the stat up about the turnover differential over the past four or five years since Andy Reid has been there. Like, they've always been well above in the plus category. So they understand how to play the right way. When I look at the Broncos, and I know Trevor Simeon is getting a lot of heat, and people are like, oh, you got to go to the bullpen. But let's be honest. If Paxton Lynch or one of those other guys – was substantially better or significantly They're better. saying it would be Osweiler. I mean, l- let's Paxton be real. Lynch, man. That might I mean, go down. That, we might be talking about that one 
I mean, like, let's be real. This guy has fended off these guys in quarterback competition, not necessarily Osweiler, but he fended off Paxton Lynch twice in two training camp battles. I think it's a situation where I know everyone wants to put it on Trevor Simeon, but Trevor Simeon is what he is. The premise of playing Trevor Simeon is that the rest of the pieces around him would elevate his play. The rest of the pieces aren't playing well. The offensive line, the running game, even the playmakers on the outside. And so I know we can take issue with Trevor Simeon not being what they want to be, but he was a seventh-round pick. He wasn't expected to be a franchise quarterback. No question. Uh, yeah, you kind of at some point in time you, you are what you are. Right. I, I went back and watched just all the throws from that game, and uh, some of my notes from Trevor Simeon, one is uh, – Falling off the mound a lot, and for those that don't know, it's kind of like if if you Not look at a quarterback. Yeah, if you look at a quarterback and compare it to a pitcher, it would be like your 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 front leg as a right-handed pitcher is falling off towards first base. Yeah. So he's not stepping into throws; he's just kind of falling off, and yep. the ball's taking off on him. Had some bad forces. I do give him this though: three bad drops in that game. You know, no Emmanuel Sanders was big for them. But also just kind of drifting and sailing, the ball sailing on him a little bit. Just it's amazing, Buck, when you see these quarterbacks struggle. Ninety percent of the time, you go back and look at it, it's all their feet. It's always the feet. But then, to, for me, I wonder what is affecting his footwork. What's affecting his they mentality? They stink up front. Yeah, and so men like Watson. I don't know if you saw it. I put oh, a, just, I put a tweet out there a of him time. on roller skates. Woo. And so if you. Like with all quarterbacks, all quarterbacks change once they start getting hit. And so if the first six, seven weeks of the season he's taking a lot of punishment, he's not as confident or as sturdy hanging in the pocket that because builds. he feels. And we saw last week when we did the breakdown of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. The charges were all in the back, for all in his way. Man, it, it, it's a residual effect. And so we can blame him, but that leaky offensive line affects the way that he plays from the pocket. No no question. Um uh, interesting to see what happens in that division going forward. I don't know what to make of it. It's a kind of a Jekyll and Hyde division outside the Chiefs. Chiefs sitting there at 6-2. and two. Yeah, Coming off a couple losses, but they rebound in this one. The Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders from week to week, your guess is as good as mine. As, and of all those teams, I still say the Chargers are the best team. I know the Chargers have lost games. They lose by one score in every game, it seems like, down to the minute. They're the more consistent of those groups. I'm worried about the Oakland Raiders finding their swag because defensively, I don't know if the defense can keep scores down enough that when the offense has an off day to win games. And then with the Broncos, we saw it last night. Their defense can play lights out, but offensively they're struggling. They don't score enough points. And so the Kansas City Chiefs look like they're going to cruise into the playoffs and win another division title in AFC West. No question. So yep. interesting to follow that as the uh, the season unfolds here as we're at the halfway mark. Uh, we got to do our offensive line of the week presented by the uh, the good folks at Ford. This is our built Ford Tough offensive line of the week, the little piece that Sean O'Hara writes, nfl.com slash Ford. You can check that out. So offensive line of the week presented by the Ford F-Series Buck this week. Uh, I'm going to nominate the Buffalo Bills for the what they did in that game. Shady McCoy finishing off with a long run, no sacks allowed. I mean, I like what the Buffalo Bills have been doing in all aspects. This is a team that is really a team first um, group that is really like – I mean, you, you look at them, you're like, where are the stars? Shady McCoy, but who else are the stars? They really play well together. And that offensive line embodies the team spirit that Sean McDermott has created in that locker room. They just get it done. They've been blowing people off the ball. Shady McCoy had 150 yards on the ground. This is a team that continues to get better and better. And as they keep chalking up the wins, 
They're halfway home, meaning they're halfway to 10. 10 wins typically will get you into the playoffs. They look like a viable contender. We will get a chance to see them Thursday night on our network against the New York Jets. Yeah, that's a big one. How about that for a plug and a Th- promo? That was nice. How about what, that? What, unscripted. Uh, I, I believe only on NFL Network How this about week. Un- unscripted. No other networks. Just got to go to NFL Network to find that bad boy. <laughs> uh, man, I, this is normally my least favorite part of the Tuesday audio show. You know, and I was thinking, you know, I was doing some reflection. Not today. I was doing some reflection. I was like, do we really even need this part? Does this part even need to be necessary? I agree, Bucky. In the, in the podcast, like, do we even need I was, to talk I was, about? College? This is an NFL NFL draft podcast. Why are we even talking about yeah, college football? Yeah, I, I think we need to skip this part. You know? Yeah, I, I think we should probably just cut this out. First <laughs> place, Kent, seventy-two and twenty-eight. Second place, Sully, sixty-eight and thirty-two. Man, and oh baby, we got a, We got somebody new in third place, Buck. We got to change. 63 and 37 after a 10 and 1 week I am out of the cellar. I just worry about third. I just focus on the bowl games and the playoffs. That's when you're going big. <laughs> bowl games and playoffs. You went bold last week. I did. It you put it out, out there. It's a 4 and 7 week for you, Buck. It didn't 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 work out for me. Didn't but work out. I admire this is what I admire about you. Well, first of all, you got me out of last place. That's what I admire about you most. <laughs> Secondly, is that Going out, blazing your own path. This is a man, ladies and gentlemen, who months ago, months ago, after all of us had been raving about the 2018 quarterback class, Bucky went on the record. I believe he wrote something and said, I would take the 2017 group of quarterbacks over the 2018 group of quarterbacks. I believe he took laughter. I believe he took criticism, scoffing. And now look at him now. Sean Watson's going to throw for 900 touchdowns this year. Who's and laughing Bucky's a genius. Now. Oh, my God. So he's not afraid to go bold. Yeah. I mean, if you throw enough. And I'm going to tell you who I learned it from. I learned this from Andre Rosen. Andre Rosen said every week you should guarantee a win because they never remember when you lose. They only remember when you win and hit. The sound bite matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was like my scouting advice. I've told this many times. The best scouting advice I got from an old-timer was, A, when you're in the room – it's better to be strong and wrong than to be weak and right. Yep. Because if you're weak and right, they're never going to remember what you said. Never so it doesn't matter if you got the guy right or not, but you're passive in there. You come in there, you swing a big stick. Go big. So, anyways, I admire you for that, Buck. But more than anything else, I admire you getting me out of last place. <laughs> uh, Ohio State, Penn State, were your, any thoughts on that one? I thought it was a fascinating game. And I think here's the discussion, and I'm looking at my notes. The discussion coming out of the game. I know we talk about Saquon Barkley. We've talked about him enough. The discussion will be – what is JT Barrett? What is JT Barrett going to be when it comes time to do the evaluation at the Have end you of the talked year? to anybody that's given him a draftable grade? Uh, no, I haven't talked about. I haven't talked to anybody. The dude went 13 for 13 in the fourth quarter. That's 16 for 16 at the end of the game. Yeah. It was the best game of his career, but here's here's the thing. We're here Heisman, they're trying to bring him up as a Heisman candidate. And here are the positives on JT Barrett. He's tough. Three-time captain. Uh, he's won a bunch of games while he's been at Ohio State. Um, he was different, I thought, as a youngster in terms of his sophomore year. I thought he was a little more athletic the way he ran around. He was a little different in the way that he played. He's trying to find his rhythm as a pocket passer. He's still maddeningly inconsistent when it comes to connecting the dots consistently. But in this game against Penn State, he made plays. He showed that he could be a big game player. I am still jaded on JT due to two games that I saw. One live, I saw him in the playoff against Clemson, and he could not complete a pass. Now, some of that might have been due to his supporting cast, 
But the game looked like he got away from them. He just could not bring them back. They got shutouts. First time I think Urban Meyer been shut out in eons. And then watching them against Oklahoma early this year, he didn't necessarily put it together. And there had even been some conversation in Ohio State land about replacing him with one of the younger quarterbacks. And so, I mean, if that is the case as a prospect, it just doesn't give you a lot of confidence that he can be a dude. But I will give him credit. He played well against Penn State. I'm going to go back and look at the tape. Uh, we'll see. We'll just see where he ends up. You know, it's a tough you know what kind of career he could have? Kellen Moore. Wow. Wow. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore physically. Yeah. I mean, JT's obviously a better athlete. Kellen Moore's a more accurate passer. Kellen Moore until a couple of weeks ago. Kellen Moore played how many years? Five, six years in the league as a backup? That's what I'm saying. Maybe but, seven years. But JT Barrett's played? built for the preseason. I mean, he might he could have up. some success in that. He might let it. Know where to go with the ball? Get so, out on time. So here's what I wrote down in my I wrote down in my notes that he reminded me of Jacoby Brissett. And so is, then, is this, he doesn't have that much arm though, does he? Uh, but then, Jacoby Brissett had a little more juice. A little bit, but then I went back and I looked at Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett transferred from Florida, went to NC State. Jacoby Brissett was barely a sixty percent passer his entire career, even at NC State. And then I'm looking at J T. Barrett. J T. Barrett has been mid sixties. You know, you know who I'm sell- – if I'm J.T. Barrett's agent, you know who I'm selling him as? Who are you selling him as? Oh, it's Andy Dalton. Won a bunch of games, can move around a oh. little bit, not a huge arm. Andy Dalton. Can you see that? That's wow. who I'm st- – Andy Dalton was a second-round pick. Jeez. Oh, Andy Dalton did win a bunch of games. He was. I mean, he had won – I think he was 42-7 and seven at TCU. Um, he led them to the Rose Bowl his final year. Colt McCoy is another one you kind of – you look good, really good college quarterback, not a – Real impressive skill set. What I think tell- Andy Dalton had more arm strength than JT Bird, just for the record. And, and what you're telling, what you're saying, though, is like right now, because Colt McCoy went what, around third? Something like that, yeah. Andy Dalton went second. Right now we're saying that JT Barrett. The f- I have not talked to a JT scout Barrett, that's gone JT through Barrett, there yet. That's, that's, gave him but that's what we're, grade. But that's, that's what that's, we're saying. That's what we're interesting. saying. If he goes out and adds a little uh, little uh, trophy magic to, to the end of the season here and, and goes on Tro- a run. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Trophy magic is like Heisman trophy? Yeah. Okay, it's like, Heisman said, doesn't matter. Okay, so like here, here's here's what drives me crazy about the Heisman. When we look at football on Saturdays, do we believe that JT Barrett is the best football player no. in no. college? Saquon Barkley, right now, I get you know I'm, opening kickoff. Like you, you, you think how many Heisman know, Trophy winners or uh, voters were just tweeting right there? Everybody like, keeps saying, but if you just take, if you just this is my pet peeve. If you just take away the two long plays, you didn't do anything. I'm like you, you don't get to take away the two long no, plays. Those you don't. count. I think he only has three 100-yard games, though. Can you win the Heisman without a it's bunch of 100-yard receiving, games? kick returns. It's gonna yeah, be tough. I think it's gonna be tough. I think you, it's you add you add in the receiving. I think he's total yards. He's he's killing it. At the end of the year, you know it's always gonna be the, whoever plays well the last four games because everyone, I guess, kind of what you do in November. No, nah, they have buyer's remorse about the whole Deshaun Watson thing. But Deshaun Watson shouldn't have won the Heisman last year. He didn't outplay Lamar Jackson. I know Lamar Jackson gets a bad. Rep, he didn't outplay him. But I think this year, based on the Deshaun Watson thing at the end of the season, then winning the national title and people felt bad, I think whoever gets hot in November is going to win it. I think it's really set up for Baker Mayfield to win it starting this Saturday with Bedlam. By the way, what what's your uh, what's your take on folks that cover the college game that say – how how could you guys screw up Deshaun Watson? How can oh, you not figure that out? I saw I saw, I saw a couple of those tweets out there. I saw a couple of tweets out there. DJ or uh, uh, Bucky. 
you you like to bring up you should put the pin down when the game's in, and you brought it up on Twitter again last night. I did because yep. because what happens, and we're we're here about it. All of these guys that are rising up the boards, they're rising up the charts. Oh, that's Bucky's favorite. In January, they're rising. There hasn't been a game played. So after after the games are done, after the Senior Bowl is done, put the pin away and don't change your grade because what you saw on tape is really what they are. We get seduced and we hear stuff and we ear hustle and people tell us, like, hey, he's going to go. And so I guess it depends on how are you grading yourself. Are you worried about where he gets picked or are you worried about how he plays? For instance, the 2018 quarterback class, DJ and I can take him apart. We can talk about the inconsistencies, but we can pretty much guarantee you that three of those guys are going to go in the top ten. Yes. They're going in the top ten regardless of where we grade them or not. So in the spring, on path to the draft, when we talk about it, we're going to have to use a disclaimer like, hey, he's going to go. He's going to go, but here's what he is. And you just kind of have to know that. And I think Mitch Trubisky is a, a classic case in point because I don't know if he and Pat, Pat Mahomes, if you had polled people last year in November, December about both of those guys, I don't think that we would have got a consensus that they were top ten talents. Interesting thing, though, because a lot of people say the success you have individually as well as with the team, if you if you combine those two things, then that should be – it's not that hard to evaluate these guys. Mm. He should. That's a slam dunk. How do you guys miss on them? And so then I kind of just scrolling through like some old Heisman winners here. Uh oh. And that would mean that you know, well, obviously Manziel is a different deal. RG three didn't mm. really work. Um, you look at Tim Tebow didn't work. Troy Smith won a lot of games, put up a lot of numbers. I remember there was one national analyst at one one point in time saying the Browns have to take him with their first pick. This is during a college game, his his last Ooh. year at Ohio State. He's the answer that. for the Browns, Troy Smith. Uh, Matt Leinart didn't really work out. Obviously, Jason White, nothing. Um, Eric Crouch, mm, no. I mean, obviously, I, I'm skipping over some guys here, some Carson Palmer who's been good. Ron Dane, all that production, mm-mm. Uh, Danny Werfel, mm-mm. Mm. So, Gino Toretta, Charlie Ward, Ty Detmer. Oh, it's definitely – Andre Ware. So, I mean, I just think – I think people – it, it, as, as somebody who was in the scouting profession for a while, as Bucky was, it always irks me a little bit when people think that scouting is a piece of cake. How could you guys screw this up? Look at how successful he was in college, you morons. Of course he's going to do that in the NFL. Not so fast. That's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. So many different things. So many factors. Um, and I think we have discovered, I think on Aftermath, you had a bold statement about Sean McVay being the best play caller in the business. Jared Goff is the same dude. Yep. He's the same athlete the same thrower the same everything the difference is situation matters coaching staff support and cast you put him around the right coaching staff with the right support and cast now Jerry Goff looks like they got it we debated yep. for a 90 minute show a three-hour show hashtag was. golfer wins golfer wins like now he looks like a guy that should be in that conversation and so it matters there are a lot of circumstances that lead people to have the success that we expect them to have as scouts I I just think it's an inexact science. I know we've kind of taken a turn off the college game, but that's like people ask me, Trubisky, what do you think? I have no idea. They have no receivers. I have no receivers. You don't, I wasn't you, a huge Trubisky guy coming out, but I'm, I'm telling you, I can't give you anything. They found their winning they formula. Some, we've talked about that. Yeah, they run the ball. But they, they've got to put some people around him, and maybe by the time this podcast airs, they'll have added somebody. Uh, but you can't evaluate these guys until they've, they've been given some help. You have to give them support. 
And I, I, I think the bad thing, particularly when it comes to quarterbacks, we kind of put them in a vacuum and we expect them to do everything by themselves. It takes a team effort. It's a collaborative effort. Then they got to have the right qualities, the right mix. And look, man, you coined it trucks and trailers. Um, everybody's not meant to be a trailer. Everyone yep. can't uh, take the team on their own. But there are plenty of guys, if you have the right stuff and, you know, they I get in the back. Yeah, I'll go along for the ride. I, I'm along for the ride. Yeah. I won't mess it up. Yeah. Those are guys that you can win with. And so it just depends on the composition of your team and your roster. Last thing on the college game, I, we, I was scheduled. I know we're running out of time. I was going to schedule about Notre Dame just, just crushing NC State. They're they're good up front now, Notre Dame is. Hey, Oof. man, the way Notre Dame plays, I mean, it is a throwback. Yeah, it's a I know it's, 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 it's the, the spread. It's almost like the single wing, like the Notre Dame box that they're running back there with Brandon Wimbush as another running back. Uh, man, look, give Brian Kelly credit for being able to change his style. He's a guy that ideally likes to throw it around in his spread, but he has found a way to look at what he has and build around them, and he dirt, he deserves kudos for no, that. No question. So the last thing I want to get to here, what does this do to Luke Falk's draft stock, the fact that he's been pulled, benched in two games now this year? It has to hurt him. Absolutely. It has to hurt his, it has to hurt his value as – uh, because you have to go in there and wonder, like, hey, what's going on with the guy? This is a senior quarterback, a guy that came back who some said he would have been a day one, day two pick if he had come out last year. He comes back, he returns. There have been people in the program on record that have told scouts that he was the reason for their success last year because of his ability to manage the game at the line of scrimmage, to get the team in the right calls, to hold the offense more accountable, to be in balance. Now, this year, a year removed, he's not capable of being a starting quarterback at times for this team. I don't know. I think you have to go in there and investigate. But there have been times where I think we've seen quarterbacks that have gone through this and you just kind of figure, like, look, oh, it's the coach stuff. In fact, Deshaun Kaiser went through something similar in Notre Dame, being benched, coming in and out, the yo-yo or whatever. But I think this will lead people to have to investigate. And I think what it does for Falk it is now more important than ever that he goes to one of those All-Star games and show up. No question. He has to show up there and have a good week there. Like he has to show up and I, show I, th- I think this will cost him a round or two. Oh, for sh- it, it changes the perception. Yeah, which is, I don't know, Mike Lee's a different cat now. Yeah, that's that's what I was, about, I was about to say, but he's also got the Apple Cup at the end of the year. If he shows out there, that, that'll that definitely help. Yeah. Well, well he's got he Stanford this week, who he beat last that year. Too. That would be a big for him to yep. have a big game I mean, against Stanford. Yeah. Are we sure that he's going to start? Yeah, he is. I was told he okay. was, he started okay. this week. Okay, that, that, I mean, that's a huge thing. So, how does he respond back to that? Last time they did it, he came in, he was lights out the following yeah. game. But it now kind of leads you to believe, hey, what's, what's going what's on going with him? On? Is Something. he more system quarterback? Like, what's what's the deal? All I know is I'm not picking Wazoo again. They have roasted me in the picks. They've hurt you? They've hurt me. A couple coin, times. The coin flip was good for me on the Iowa State pick this last <laughs> week. Leave it in the hands of the coach. Oh, man, did you see their coach after the game no, in the locker room? Oh, he gave him a nice little spiel. Uh, Buy into the process. Understand the process. Don't look ahead. Don't listen to all the, the outside noise. There. If you buy in, if you love the process, the process will love you back. I think that's, that's what, what he hit him got. with? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Like a 10-minute thing. 76 76er style. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Love the process. It. Embrace yeah. it. All love right. It. Uh, last question for you before we get out of here. We haven't done role play in a couple weeks. We're not going to do it here. We'll save it for another time. But <laughs> I was looking forward to being Jim McElwain. Uh, I, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that's no. wow. No, no. no. H- how about that cash? He's going to walk away with though. Well, he, he, t- he gave him a discount. Not that much, I don't think. 
Yeah, I think it was uh, 12, 12 million he was supposed to get. He didn't get right, that. Right, I think they, they axed off four. So he walked four. with eight? Yeah, I think so. Eight still. million. You can, buy a lot nice. of, you can buy a lot of fishing rods for eight million I wonder bucks. If you can, I wonder if he can double dip, though. Yeah. They always end up doing that. He can go oh. get a job somewhere else and oh, double I mean, dip. You know, it does a job in the, on the West Coast. What, Arizona State? No, no, no. Up there. Oh, Oregon, Oregon. State. Where's he uh, from? might actually fit him, yeah. Where he's from. Even though the interim, Corey Hall has done a good job. He's emotional, man. They should have beat Stanford. Yeah, they, he was going crazy. Speaking on the of speeches, yeah, he was he was going nuts was before fun. the game. It was fun to watch. Um, all right, I was gonna uh, I was gonna have you role play Jim Harbaugh about whether or not you would uh, you would go to the Colts, but we'll, oh, we'll save that for another day. Captain, come back. His name's in the rafters. I get to go back home. Yeah, we'll save that one. Can we'll you some. imagine? Can you imagine Jim Harbaugh being able to tap Andrew Luck? Well, well, see, don't you tap see that him. up there. Don't tap him too hard. Oh, Ooh. careful. I tried to tell people. Should have traded him before 4, 4 p.m. before that word got out. Hey, not good. All right, look, that was a fun episode. Uh, let's get out of here. we got a lot of stuff we got to get to today, Buck. It's been fun. We'll be back here in a couple days. Thank you guys for listening to Movie Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.